Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. And welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we are back to talking about a classic Who episode, this time with the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy. And uh, the story is a three-part story called Delta and the Bannerman with with, uh, the return of Mel as a companion, which I have a question about that, um, that I want to talk about. Right after I remind everybody that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com where we like geeky stuff and occasionally we talk about deep geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion as well as Movie Nighty Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, and Super Geeks. And you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, go to the website, join our community, and comment on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, Help us out by leaving an iTunes review because iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. So my question about Mel is that when we see Mel the first time with – not the first time with with, with, – Colin Baker, but uh, at the end, like in the in that last um, segment of Trial of a Time Lord, and you said that she's from, she's already traveled with the Doctor for a really long time, or like is that, like, and you and and she goes off with him, and nobody knows like what, like where she exactly takes place in the timeline of things. So now I'm confused because. If she's with the seventh Doctor, which Mel is that? Is that the Mel at the end of that, or is that the Mel before that happens? Um. Well, if you go the order, like it, it, it's it's really bendy if you think about it. I'd say timey wimey, but I don't. I hate that phrase. Um. It's really bendy if you start to think about it, because like the first adventure that the sixth Doctor has with Mel happens someplace after Trial of a Time Lord from the Doctor's perspective. And then they go off and they have a couple more adventures. They do Terror of the Vervoids. And then at some point, Mel is separated from the Doctor and then experiences Trial of a Time Lord, um, uh, at least the ultimate foe section. And then she gets back in the in the TARDIS with the Doctor, and then the Doctor has to drop her off somewhere because the Doctor in Trial has not yet met Mel. So he drops her off somewhere, and then she continues adventuring with the sixth Doctor, and then she regenerate, and then she's with him for his regeneration into the seventh, and it's all pretty linear. After that, it's just really sketchy because 
it it they never address it. So you just kind of have to understand that it kind of loops a little weirdly in a couple places. But um, so this is this is Mel who has experienced um, Terror of the Vervoids, and she's gone through the Ultimate Foe, and she's gone through the other Doctor's other adventures. So this is towards the tail end of her hanging out with the Doctor. If that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, so we're talking about Delta and the Bannerman. Um, what's the background and significance for this episode? Okay. Well, um, this is a three part episode, which is, which is a little bit interesting. Um, after trial of the time Lord, uh, the BBC continues on with Dr. Who for three more seasons, <clears throat> excuse me, but they keep, but they keep the episode count down to 14 episodes per season. Um, and which means that Nathan Turner as producer would only be able to do, you know, two, four part stories and a six part story. But rather than only give you three seasons per three stories per season, uh, he instead opts to do two four part stories and then two three part stories and shoot the three part stories as like as a production of like one six part story. So this story is paired with Dragonfire, which is the last story of the season, and they're both two they're both three part stories. And this story is shot entirely on location, and um, Dragonfire is shot entirely on sets. Um, they do this also with something like Ghostlight is shot entirely on sets, and then Survival is shot entirely on location, um, which is an interesting, smart way to do it, I think, um, especially because you don't see a lot of location work on Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like it. I think it I think it lends a bit of a... I, I like these location stories because they feel a lot more like grounded in reality, um, much in the same way that um, Spearhead from Space feels grounded in reality, because that show's shot that uh, that story shot entirely on location as well. Um, it's directed by Chris Clow, who uh, goes on to do Dragonfire after this, and before did um, uh, Terror of the Vervoids and Ultimate Foe, which we talked about, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Um, so he's back, um, and it's also you know early days for Sylvester McCoy, and it's later days for Mel. Um, like well, <laughs> there's yeah, there's barely a difference between early days and later days for McCoy. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> in terms of timing, yeah, um, this is actually kind of middle days for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, we're almost to the middle third of him. Yeah, um, I only I only say early days because. Um, watching his stories it's noticeable seeing him in his first four stories and then going into his back eight um because like once you hit remembrance they actually give him something to do whereas my problem with him early on is that he's very generic as a doctor there's not much to him um which i which i have problems with and it's not his best work um but given the completely insane production schedule they had eh, completely understandable yeah um, i'm I'm fairly certain all these people probably had to write these scripts without even knowing who was going to be playing the doctor so they just wrote generic doctor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um which is why mccoy doesn't really have a personality i mean i don't i don't see a lot of personality in this um uh, not i mean i do but it's all from the acting not from the writing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's not yeah, I mean it's not. I mean it's a good script. It's unfortunate that um, that Malcolm Cole didn't write anything else. It's. I think uh, it's a great script. It's just you know he had to write within the uh, 
caveat of not knowing who the doctor was. Mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. So and you point you could just you really like because you can write generic doctor. Mm-hmm. You can do that. I mean, yeah, I, very easily. Um, you can write all of the things that make the doctor the doctor without any of the little gems that create each individual doctor. You can easily do that. Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, if you look at like season five, um, the first Matt Smith season, you can see it's much more generic than it is now, where it's very esoteric. Uh-huh. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, Matt Smith really did a good job of of injecting himself into the role that he almost he pretty much covers up all those cracks. Yeah. Um but it's, you know, it's something that um it's just growing pains really. Um very few doctors are themselves right from the get-go. I mean, it took Troughton four stories to get good. I mean, I just saw this weekend I watched The Macrotera for the first time and like that is the first story where I really feel like, "Oh, finally I see the doctor in Troughton's doctor." Um, in in terms of his first couple stories, which is which is a very interesting sort of thing, um, but but yeah, you actually I woke up to a text message this morning. Um, where you said so. I'm watching Dalton the Bannerman, and it really feels like uh this story was made a couple month a couple years ago. Um, yeah, it 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 is a Davies era story, twenty years before he took over the show. Yeah, yeah, and it totally is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, the way characters interact with each other and just the plot in general, mm-hmm. such a Davy story. It's ridiculous. And the big ridiculous ideas that are just massive and insane, but also very clever, is all... It just totally screamed Davies. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, they could have made this story today, and it would not... I mean, updating a couple things, it would be pretty serviceable. Um, which is, which is more than you can say for most of these stories. Um, so that's Delta and the Bannerman and we'll talk about it more as we go through it. Um, so that, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, but before we start talking about the episode itself, uh, I do want to remind everybody that we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com. This month, you can purchase our book of the month, which is Fell, Volume 1, Feral City by Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith, which is only nine twenty nine on InStockTrades.com, which is 38% off the suggested retail price of fourteen ninety nine. And Remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Um, now, Delta and the Bannerman, you know, I also told you, I also said, like, if there's a story out there a classic story that if you've never watched classic who before, mm-hmm. this is the one you should watch to sure. start to start because this is, this is insanely accessible from a modern storytelling standpoint. Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, cause yeah. it has a lot of cheesy moments throughout there, therefore getting you used to the uh, low production value of Dr. Who, but the script itself is so strong that, you can ignore all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. it's only three episodes, which is oh, better yeah. than, I mean, getting people to sit through four episodes can sometimes be a, a hard thing, especially when they're starting out. But like three episodes, it's not much longer than a one parter uh, from nowadays. And it's shorter than a two parter. So, you know, you're in and out in like an hour, which is pretty nice. Um, 
So, I, I mean, I like that. And it starts with a big action sequence, which I kind of enjoyed a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Which uh, with a big action sequence in a quarry with with who we find out later to be Bannerman attacking Delta and her people, um, and a big guns and shooting and <laughs> I thought it was funny that um, the Bannerman just like hold out on this on this hill up top and they just shoot down without taking any cover or anything, which I mean hubris, um, <laughs> little, <laughs> little little full of themselves. Um, but in the in the opener, Delta takes like all of all of delta's um uh people die and through the actions of the battle and stuff and um uh she manages to escape in a in a giant spaceship um (laughs) which which we'll come back to in a minute meanwhile mel and the doctor uh land in this random uh space tourism place which i guess they do nostalgia tours which is really again just that's a great idea uh-huh. Um, and I, I really love I love the the Greyhound bus ship. It's like, like so awesome. It really I is. love that. And I love that I love that it's one of those things where like normally Doctor Who would just do that and no one would talk about it, but everyone's just like, Why are you getting on a Greyhound bus? And they're like, Well, it's a nostalgia tour. Um which I think is I think it's really funny, but they're the tenth billion customers, so they get free tr- uh, free parking in a trip to um, to nineteen fifty nine Disneyland. So early days of Disneyland, um, and they're all excited and stuff. So they start to get on this bus, and everyone's undergoing like there's a big fat worm alien who's the driver of this bus, and he um and he manages to go through like this transmogrification arch, which turns him into a human looking thing. And like as soon as I saw that, I was just like. This is this is like Davies. Like it's just straight Davies is yeah. what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, like oh my god, when they're all singing on the bus and everything, it's Oh yeah. It, mm-hmm. like I I just I kept looking to the back of the bus like trying to find Wilt because he had to be on the bus somewhere. <laughs> because seriously, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that is it was it was pretty it was pretty nuts. Um so so right before the bus takes off, um the doctor says, I'm not gonna get on the bus. I'm just gonna take the TARDIS because I don't wanna be away from the TARDIS just in case anything happens. Smart man, this doctor. Um and uh, Delta lands in her ship and runs onto the nostalgia tours bus and no one's questions it, which I think is hilarious. Um like she's just like, Oh, oh, oh hang on, hang on, wait for me and she just gets she just gets on the bus and takes it, um, and and they all go on a trip um, on this nostalgia trip to Disneyland. So we're going to Disneyland, right? <laughs> uh, no. You know um, how much I would have wanted a Disneyland set Doctor Who episode. <laughs> that would have been glorious. <laughs> well, fun fact: this was almost one of, when I was starting to watch my classic stories. I went all exciting in teacups. <laughs> Spin me faster. Um, <laughs> Which, I don't know, I almost did this for my first story, um, where I saw that the Doctor and Mel were going to Disneyland. I almost did this for my first seven story, um, probably should have. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's, it's insane. Um, but, like, they're going to Disneyland, because, while this is going on, we cut to Wales, randomly, where, um... Oh god, I had this joke. Oh, where Colonel Sanders and Walter Matthau from The Odd Couple uh, are That's driving. That's totally a- who they are. 
Yeah, I was like, I was going through the first like episode and a half. I was like, why does he? Who does he remind me of? Like, he's just he's dressed in like a New York Yank- Yankees blazer and a New York Yankees hat, and and like, oh my gosh, who is he? And then I was like, oh, oh, it's Walter Matha from the Odd Couple. Um, and the other guy is totally Colonel Sanders. Um, so Walter Matthau from the odd couple and Colonel Sanders are driving along and they come across a police box, which is just hanging out, um, in the middle of the woods, which I don't, I don't know if that works. Um, so, so they come, they come across this police box and you're instantly supposed to think it's the TARDIS. It's not the TARDIS. It's a police box. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which like, it just weirded me out when he just like pulls it open and there's a phone and I was like, Oh, so, this this surprised me. Good and then job, this Nick. never comes back again. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's just there so that they can hang out with it for like two scenes. It's, yeah. It's probably like the actors were probably just like, we really want to be around the TARDIS if we're going to be on Doctor Who. And they're like, well, we don't have a reason to, but uh, <laughs> let's do this. We'll I guess instead the- of the payphone that's in the script, it can just be a, pol- a random <laughs> police box in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> So, so they start talking about how the Americans have a satellite, and um, they're they're going to use this satellite to um it, to you know space race nineteen fifties all that stuff. Um, and while this is going on, the nostalgia tour bus rams into the satellite, um, which which is totally like totally random, and they're about they start crashing, but the doctor and his TARDIS just manages to turn on his tractor beam and make them land in Wales. So. We're in Wales. Um, not, not that that's a bad thing, but it's just like again, like you said, the 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 Davies thing. Um, all over this, all uh-huh. over this. Um, so uh, the Doctor and everyone get out of the bus, and they're like, "We're not in Disneyland. We're at this. We're at this family fun camp called Shangri La." Um, and the Doctor's just like, "Okay, well, everyone go celebrate," and everyone just seems totally okay with going on this 1950s tour instead of going to Disneyland, which apparently happiest place on earth, uh, to Shangri-La, which is the happierest place on earth or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, they, uh, they, they go, they go and they start, ha- they start hanging out at this place. The doctor starts to, uh, fix the, um, fix the bus. They have to replace this crystal thing and they find Sputnik just like lodged into the front grill of this bus. Um, and they just unceremoniously just throw it into the back of the bus. Um, and while this is going on, Delta has been acting very suspiciously. Delta, the last of her race. Um, and she, we, what we don't know is that he's, she's being chased by these bannermen who arrive at the, um, at the tour, at the nostalgia tour place. Um, and they ask the, the, the tour, like, coordinator i guess where this last tour bus goes and they're like oh it's going to disneyland don't shoot me and then they shoot him um so he did um and so they're they're gonna chase down delta meanwhile there was some there was this really creepy guy on the bus who has been looking at delta and he like runs away as soon as they get on the bus but delta doesn't seem to trust them um and uh so Delta returns to her room that night. Mel goes to the room that night. We also meet Billy, who's the Fonz of this story, I guess. Um, cause yeah. <laughs> every 50 the, story. The John Travolta in Greece of this story. Yeah, that him too. <laughs> Except I don't think John Travolta in Greece. 
hooked up with an alien. Um, I don't think Fonzie did too. I don't know what episode of Happy Days you're talking about. I'm talking about the spinoff. They did a spinoff, right? That one with the alien? Actually, they did. It was called Mark and Mindy. Oh, right. So the Fonz didn't make out with Robin Williams. No, he didn't. Um, but there was a Happy Days spinoff with an alien. What a weird show. What a weird show. <laughs> well, it did jump the shark. Um, and there's also this character named Ray, who, interestingly enough, was designed to replace Mel. Um, which is why, in the story, she really feels like the the lamest, vanilla-ist companion you've ever seen in your life. Um but she's, uh, so she's, like, totally into Billy, and she's totally Welsh, but Billy only has eyes for Delta, um, and Delta and Mel happen to be rooming together, um, but, uh, uh, Ray, who's this companion, uh, is just, you know, kind of upset about this, so she goes into, like, this room, and she starts crying, and the doctor goes to console her, and the doctor comes across the shifty guy who was looking at Delta earlier in the story, and the shifty guy is just like, hey, doctor... So you're the doctor, I'm going to kill you for money. And the doctor's like, well, let her go. And we're left on this cliffhanger, um, which half works and half doesn't. Um, actually, one-third works, two-thirds doesn't. Um, <laughs> where, where he literally goes, that's okay, I kill for fun, too. So he's going to kill Ray and the doctor, um, <laughs> which is one-third of just a lame cliffhanger. And then another third is, the awesome part is the bursting out hatching of this egg that Delta seems to have randomly, um, which is so bizarre. Like, the gross oh, like oh, yeah. birth of this green baby. Um, which is a great cliffhanger, because it's so out of nowhere. Yeah. But it's ruined by Mel screaming. Um, and <laughs> Most I'm not are. gonna lie... <laughs> I love Mel. Like I really, the more I watch of Mel, the more I'm like, wow, everyone was wrong about her. Yeah. But when she screams. Yeah. That's the only time that it's not good is when she screams. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like everything else about her personality, except for yeah. that. She's super fun. Like, yeah. Super, super fun. I just love that. She doesn't really take anything seriously. Like I, I kind of, I kind of dig that. Agreed. Like Agreed. she just, she has a gun pointed at her at one point in this and she's just like, she like barely even tenses up. She's just like, Oh, well another gun in front of me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, she's just hearty and, um, and just full of life and vibrancy. I just, I really like her. I think she's just given cause fans consider Bonnie Langford, like the worst thing to ever happen to Dr. Who. Um, after you Colin mean like Baker. you mean like Colin Baker was? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is like I mean, I understand like I can see not liking her in the 80s when this aired, but like looking at her in retrospect, she's just she's a great companion. Not the best, not by any stretch, but like I just I really enjoy her um tremendously. Uh she just needs to not scream so much. Um Anyways, so uh we come back uh, Delta is holding the green baby, this green slimy baby in her arms, and then Billy the Fonz walks in, um, why, I don't know, I guess he's just super into Delta, and he, like, licks his hands and, like, smooths his hair first, so, like, we're, again, in the 50s, and he walks in, sees the baby, and she's just like, sup, and he's like, uh, sup. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and, and, like, it's, like, it's such, I don't know, I like Chris Cloud's direction, but this scene was just not good. 
Um, because well, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. All right, so like, okay, not only is this scene ridiculous because this guy is just like, oh, you got a green slimy thing that you're holding. That's cool. I'm not turned off at all. I'm still going for it. Um, so not only is that weird, but in in, in, a, in a in a moment that's never really explained. Like only only in the vaguest sense, you have this creature, which is a phenomenal creature, like yeah, phenomenal creature design. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we come back, and the creature is now a baby with green face make makeup, and its skin is pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. it looks like their budget got cut in mid thing. <laughs> In mid shoot, that's what it, that's what it looks like at first because they don't explain it until later in the episode what why the change happened, mm-hmm. but like it literally just looks like somebody was like, you know what, that creature isn't cute. I think this thing needs a baby. Let's just let's just <laughs> replace the creature with the baby because it's cuter and it's much more expensive. Like we're we're wasting money showing that thing. Yeah, <laughs> never mind the fact that we've already made it. <laughs> <laughs> By not using it, we're somehow going to be saving money. And my favorite thing about this scene is as soon as Billy comes in and sits down, the camera pulls out and Mel's been sitting there the whole time. Like, you, like the cliffhanger was literally Mel screaming, and we come back to see that Mel's, alright, she's just hanging out in the background for... <laughs> for no reason like i just thought it was the most weird staging ever and it mel is. is totally okay with this not that she shouldn't be because she's the doctor's companion but at the same time she just watched this beautiful blonde woman just take a disco ball and have a green slimy baby pop out of it and she seems to be okay with this it's just a little weird just a little weird so that. Anyway, so the bad guy who held the doctor at gunpoint um, reports to the Bannerman that he has the doctor and he has Delta and that he, if they pay him one million units, he will go away and that's all he wants. And so the Bannerman say, okay, and then use his beacon signaling device to vaporize him. Um, how this works, I don't know. Uh, remind me to never have that form of smartphone again. Because <laughs> um, that's a bad app to have. Um, and so the doctor realizes that the bannermen are coming, so he starts to mount a defense. He he prepares everyone to get leaving soon. Um, meanwhile, we cut, like, as if this story is not completely random enough, we cut away to a beekeeper at this beekeeping farm for essentially no reason at this moment. <laughs> I mean, well, well, they have to hang that shotgun for later, you know. Oh, right, right, right. It's a total shotgun for later. Um, yes. <laughs> and why would you think that a bunch of bees were a shotgun for later? I don't know, but they are. They really are. And, like, my favorite thing is also, like, he, the beekeeper, is the shotgun for later. Uh, Colonel Sanders and Walter Matthau from The Odd Couple? Not so much. Not so much. I mean, they, they're just... They have no purpose in the story at all. <laughs> They really don't. They're just kind of there. So we cut to this beekeeper to introduce that he loves farming bees. Um, 
And then Billy and Delta get on a motorbike, um, and she puts she puts the baby in her arms and gets in the sidecar, and they drive off to some beach where they can have a picnic. Um, <laughs> because because this totally makes sense. Um, by beach I mean river. Um, so <laughs> she also starts talking. Finally, I also didn't realize this, but Delta says like nothing in this story. She has five lines. Yeah, her name her name is in the title. She has five lines in this whole story. <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> well, that's how. Uh, what's his name? Billy. Billy. Huh? Billy. Yeah, Billy. B- Billy, Billy. Billy. That's how Billy likes his women. <laughs> Apparently, because he changes everything for. Her. <laughs> he likes them with green babies and yeah, talking. He's the. He is your. Yeah, he, he walked into that room and saw saw the the newborn chimera, and it was just like finally. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect woman, the perfect woman. Um, so the doctor gets gets on with uh, gets on the bike with Ray, who is the de facto companion in this. Uh, leaves Mel behind to watch everything happen. I don't know. Really weird that Mel is still in the story. Um, <laughs> and uh, the doctor gets off with Ray, and like honestly, like Ray is. I mean. I think she's a fine character, like, in terms of writing, but the actress who plays her does not bring anything to the table. Like, nothing. It's just... It is it is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so the Doctor and Ray go to look for the child and, and, and um, uh, Billy and Delta. Uh, so the Doctor hangs out on this uh, Vespa for a while, which is pretty funny. Um... And they finally, <laughs> I don't remember if this is when this happens, but like seriously, the whole time I'm just waiting for the doctor to come across uh, 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 Walter Matthau and the Odd Couple and Colonel Sanders, and they seem to never do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Except for I don't remember when it just it just happened every so often. After uh, after the after the the sonic cone, right? Because then right. Colonel Sanders burns his hand on. <laughs> Chicken grease or whatever. <laughs> he was looking for that for that eleventh herb and spice. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, so, I think I finally found it. <laughs> so, um, so, so, yeah, this is when the doctor and Ray show up with um, show up at at the two other guys' place, and they're just like, "Hey, have you seen these people?" And they're like, "Nope." And the doctor's like, "Thank you," and they head off to go find um, Billy and Delta, and um, Delta. They they meet up. Delta the, the doctor says, "Oh, the Bannermen are coming." And Delta starts going, "Oh no, they're gonna take my baby, uh, Billy. Get us out of here." So they all get in the the motorcycle, and the doctor and Ray take off with them. So they they go back to the camp to try and help evacuate everything. Um, meanwhile, uh, the Bannermen arrive um, at the camp. Everyone else has left except for like the camp coordinator who wants to be Inigo Montoya. Um and uh they they um they all I've never ever heard anyone pronounce it Inigo. I'm 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 that guy. I'm that That's guy. weird. Inigo. His um, name is Inigo. 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 Inigo Montoya. Inigo. Inigo. Um, I pronounce things my own way. Um It's Walter not Mathieu. it's not Indigo without the D. <laughs> Inigo, fine. Inigo, Iago Montoya. Um, Iago. So, so, um, 
So so Mel shows up. Mel is at camp when the Bannermen arrive, and the Bannermen take over the excuse me the camp, hold Mel at gunpoint. Mel um Mel says that Delta wasn't. Uh, Mel says that Delta did leave with everyone. And, <laughs> and like, as soon as she says this, the doctor and Billy and Delta and her baby and Ray drive by just to show the Bannerman that Mel was lying. Um, so <laughs> that happened. Um, and then instead of killing Mel, they just keep her around as a hostage, um, which I noticed always seems to work in Doctor Who. Um <laughs> All these hostages really pay off. Well, that was that's different here because he specifically says not hostages, bait. <laughs> Fine, fair enough, fair enough. It's it's uh. just I I I see Doctor Who, I see hostages. I apologize. Um, can we can we talk about the fact that the the lead Bannerman guy? Can we talk about his voice? Yes. Can we talk about how ridiculous that voice is? <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. Like Gavrock um, has a. Re- ridiculous voice like it really does it really does wow yeah wow yeah did you know that guy actually also in star wars really yeah uh general taggy or something huh Tajay interesting or something like that interesting. um yeah i knew i recognized him from somewhere but i couldn't remember what um also can i just say how glad i am that ray isn't ace yes because she almost was. <laughs> yeah. Well, she really wanted to be. Like, you can tell, like, watching her, just like, you're kind of like Ace. Leather jacket, headband. Well, well no. no, she was Ace. And then, because she was going to be Ace, and, and that was going to be the Doctor's new companion. But then, at the last minute, before they started filming this, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh. Uh, oh God! Uh, what, Sophie Alden. Langford. Langford. No. Oh, Benny, Bonnie Langford. No. Um, but yeah, Bonnie Langford decided to stay on like another episode, right? And right. so then they changed her name from Ace to Ray, and then introduced Ace in the next story. <laughs> Thank God for Bonnie Langford. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Wow. Yeah. What? Well, like, talk about. Going from like one of the best companions ever to like cardboard would be woof, yeah, yeah. Especially because like Ace almost single handedly like saved that show in terms of awesome. Um, just watching her eventually is just amazing. Um, but man, that would have crushed the show. Killed it. <laughs> Killed it. Yep. Um. So uh, the Del- Delta, the Doctor, uh, Billy, and the baby. Get a call from Gow, Gow, the the beekeepers bees, so they all go to the beekeepers place to stock up for a siege or something. Um, and the doctor takes this opportunity to say, "Okay, you guys stay here. You're safe. I'm gonna take Ray's Vespa, go back to the camp, and then deliver an ultimatum to Gavrock and his bannerman." Uh, so he does, and Gavrock is seen eating a giant chunk of flesh, um, which is a little weird. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think if it got cooked, it would probably taste better. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but then he would look so crazy. Yeah, because <laughs> he's just he's just eating that thing. Um, he's a lunatic, and he spits it at him. <laughs> how how gross was that? Um, that was disgusting. Yeah, it's uh, it's literally like raw chicken flesh. It's pretty gross. Um, yeah. 
on a giant hunk. It was great. It was like a turkey leg. Um, so, uh, so the doctor. <laughs> so the doctor shows up. He says, "Hey, I'm coming under the white flag of surrender. Give me back my friends, and I will let you leave this planet peacefully." Gavrik's like, "F you," and the doctor's like, "Fine, Mel." Guy who's likes to be Inigo Montoya, you're with me. Um, <laughs> and they prepare to leave, but Gavrok and his men all point their guns, and the doctor's like, oops. Um, and then we come back, and the doctor just is allowed to leave, um, which is funny. Um, so <laughs> so they they head back to the B place. Um, they, they prepare uh, everything for a... Um, a siege. Apparently, the guy who is the beekeeper has ten thousand jars of honey. I don't know why. Um, that's. I mean, I guess that's just stocking up for winter. But that's a hell of a winter. Um, so I don't. I mean, really, he could just sell that. I mean, I'm sure it's not half bad. Um, <laughs> he's just. He's. He, um. See what happens after this is uh, he actually creates the show hoarders, and. <laughs> nothing is funnier than hoarders um uh which is unfortunate you know that he was just like losing his mind when he was watching this back and like no not my honey um well well, i mean it's it's like because i think that's what was happening when he was like looking he was like looking at that book and Take everything away from him around him, and he doesn't even notice. <laughs> I think he was in his head creating hoarders at that moment. <laughs> I think I'm really onto something. <laughs> so, um, everyone, uh, everyone is is mounting up. No one pays attention because um, Delta is feeding her baby this jelly which is designed to make her baby go really strong and really fast. So the baby is, like, growing up, like, you know, every couple minutes it gets double its size. Um, so while no one's looking, Billy steals the jelly. Why? We'll find out, but it's kind of freaky. I'm just warning you. Um, like, literally, when, when he said what he was using the jelly for, I started laughing and I could not stop because... This was the craziest thing I've seen in Doctor Who possibly ever. Um, anyway, so so he steals some jelly. Everyone prepares to um, to mount up to uh, take back the um, take back the camp, um, or to prepare and to prepare for the the banner and siege of this house. Meanwhile, um, Gavrock puts a sonic cone on the Doctor's TARDIS to keep him from going in. So if anyone touches it, they get vaporized. Um, and uh, so the bannerman get in their ship, they take off, they land in the field where the doctor, um, they, they put a tracker on the, on the motorcycle and the doctor managed to get it away. But, um, they, they follow, uh, Delta's tra- trail to this, the beekeeper's house and they start opening fire on the beekeeper's house, not realizing that everyone has left by this point. Also, by this point, fun fact, uh, Walter Matthau from The Odd <laughs> Couple and Colonel Sanders are just hanging out with these people. Um, and they seem totally okay with this. Um, Do we have any idea what they're doing? <laughs> well, I mean, apparently there's CIA agents tracking some satellite or something. 
Other Can I that, just t- talk about the fact that they are the most inept CIA agents I've ever seen? <laughs> are they in disguise? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't. I don't think it makes much sense. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, they're just there. CIA <laughs> agents. They wear uh, sports coats and uh, Southern gentlemen's gear. <laughs> and New York Yankees hats. Yeah, they're in disguise. They're That's... in disguise. <laughs> They're in disguise as themselves in Wales. <laughs> That's like the most reverse psychology I've ever heard. Also, is it just me or does Walter Matthau from The Odd Couple feel like he's from the future? <laughs> he does. not seem like he, he belongs in the 50s at all. <laughs> now that you mention it, he does not. <laughs> He does not. Um, <laughs> someone didn't get the memo that this was taking place in the 1950s. I think it was him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and I mean, and 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 to be, but to be fair, Colonel Sanders, he feels like he's from the 20s. So <laughs> I guess maybe they thought they met in the middle somewhere. Yeah. That, <laughs> you throw off one side, and then you throw on the other, and then people are just like, "No, that that works out," and then they just go this separate way. <laughs> the math checks out. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite line possibly ever. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, I still say that sometimes. Um, so uh, the Bannerman opened fire on the the beekeeper house. And um, not realizing that everyone else has head back to the camp to try and uh, prepare a trap for the Bannermen. And all the Bannermen start shooting the house and they walk into the beekeeper's storeroom of honey and all of the honey ever collapses on them as soon as they open the door. And I don't think that was a booby trap. I think that's just bad carpentry. Um, (laughs) Because... It didn't look like there was a string attached or anything. It I really kinda... don't think it was. I think I think the doctor just just when they were in there earlier, he's just like, "This door opens one more time. This thing's coming down." <laughs> no one go in there. And then he fed the little Delta's little like scarf underneath the yeah, door to tease uh. them into going in there because he knew <laughs> that they would just burst open the door and everything would come falling down. That's the problem with hoarders. You don't know when you have rock. And then you the don't... bee jelly would cause all the bees to attack. <laughs> Remember the shotgun over the mantle? Here it is. Because <laughs> the bees all attack the bannermen. <laughs> so, so the bannermen race back to the camp, realize that everyone's there, and they've been setting up a giant boom box for no reason, seemingly. Um... And I love that everyone just has B marks all over their face um, because <laughs> no, none of these bannermen know first aid or that bee stings can kill you. Um, so they they all just start approaching. And um, while this is happening, uh, Delta's kid grows into her 12th. Like she looks like a 12 year old now. And now that she's a 12 year old, she can start singing. And when she's st- when she sings, everyone holds their ears and loses their mind to the point where like G- Gavrock is standing right by the TARDIS and it hits and he hits the sonic cone hoisted by his own petard. He gets vaporized and <laughs> dies. Uh- 
And then all the bannermen just surrender because they don't want to hear it anymore. And the day is saved. Um, uh, and that's the end. No, Mostly wait, because of the bees. Mostly, mostly because of the bees. bees. They weakened them. They weakened them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loosened it for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but remember that part where I said that Billy... First of all, Ray is hilarious because Ray is totally into Billy. Um, and... <laughs> Who doesn't notice she exists, much like the audience. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> never mind that they were friends once upon a time. He is, like, totally like John Travolta in Greece, where he's like, Sandy, who are you? I don't remember you. Well, Whatever. I saw it. I see it more as a thing where she thinks they're friends, and they shared all these moments together, but really <laughs> nothing like that happened. Like, they they just, like, he handed her a packet of salt once in this local cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she was just like, I'm in love. She was just the ra- like. I imagine that if they let her go on, she would just like allow the rantings of a crazy person to just start talking to her. Uh-huh. Anyway, so which is Ray why com- she dresses just like him. She's like, maybe if I dress like him, he'll love me. <laughs> he has cat ears, right? Not yet. Um. <laughs> so, so Billy, remember that part where I said that Billy stole the jelly? Turns out Billy's been eating the jelly so that he can get turned into one of uh Delta's people, so that Delta can continue to propagate the species because he's in love with her. Does this work scientifically? Of course. This this is how <laughs> this is how science works. Yeah. You know? No. Totally. The uh the 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 eye drop. Uh, uh, amount that is used to feed the newborn infant <laughs> is going to work for the full-grown man. Yes, it's changing his entire physiology. Is the, what science he's doing. the science <laughs> checks out. The science out. checks out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, so he's turning in. He's being getting a physiological change into whatever Delta is. It's like a chimera or something, um, or Chimeran. That's what she is. She's a Chimarin because they're British. Um, so so he's like, I love you. She's just... She, who, by the way, Delta has shown little to no interest in him. He is literally just a bicycle to her. Like, just someone to give them rides to rivers and picnics. Um, it's just... It's amazing that he is in love with her. And so he gets into what she's wearing, which is like this silver, like, disco outfit. Um... Along with Delta and her kid, who is all, who are also in disco outfits, and he stands at Delta at the at the Bannerman ship. They prepare to take off, and he go, turns to Ray and he's like, "Take care of my baby." And by baby, he doesn't mean Ray or the baby. He means the bike, his own motorcycle. Ray's like, "Okay," gets on the motorcycle and does the lamest ride off I've ever seen in history. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a two mile an hour ride off. Um, and like you can tell like it's one of those production things where you can tell as soon as she got far enough, she just stopped driving. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the uh... Bannerman, <laughs> Dalton the Chimran, and, and Billy and the baby all take off to go. Also, <laughs> I love that Billy's like when he's taking it and he gets caught and she's just like, she's like, I don't even know if this is going to work. And he's like, look, I'm already changing. And I'm like, you just look greasier, dude. Like, <laughs> you don't look any different. You used some of that 1950s hair gel, didn't you? Yeah, that's, that's, all, that that's all it looks like. That's all that it looks like. Count. I love that he's also like, this will work. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no reason. There's absolutely. 
absolutely no reason for him to believe that this baby formula will actually turn him into an alien. Like, there yeah. is no scientific that's ground like, for that. That's like thinking, <laughs> that's like a dog thinking if he drinks from a bottle, he'll turn into a baby. <laughs> or like us thinking that if we drink enough milk, we'll turn into a cow. Yeah. Like, that is, <laughs> it's, it's literally like that completely bat crap insane. It makes um, no sense. No sense. <laughs> At all. I love this story so much. Um, I, I wanted to see, like, an epilogue to this where he returns to Earth because he wasn't changing. He'd just forgotten to take a shower that day. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like <laughs> and he shows up talking to Ray. It's like, it's like Doctor Who, like, after, like, the aftermath of Doctor Who. He shows up with Ray and she's like, you're back. And he's like, don't touch me. I have finger cancer. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it turns out that thing gives you finger cancer. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, just just horrible. Just like, I don't know what he was thinking, but there it is. Um, so they take off to go create a new species, apparently. Um, and then the doctor hangs out with Mel, and they're like, all right, let's go. And then they leave. Um... Uh, the other guy creates hoarders, and then Colonel Sanders goes off to create a famous fast food chain, and Walter Matthau and the Odd Couple goes on to be Walter Matthau and the Odd Couple. And we're <laughs> if done. If he hasn't Walter- already. <laughs> right. Because he's in 19-something. Um, so, there you go. Delta and the Bannerman. Holy crap. Totally insane. Yeah. Um, and but- b- Awesome. So much fun, like yeah. action packed, super exciting. But like, I love the three parters. Love them. Oh, they're great. They're great. Um, not that many, which is really weird. It's like Planet of the Giants, and then like six McCoy stories, which is which is kind of strange. Um, whew, so there it is. Um, it's so good. That was the that was the laughiest podcast we've had in a while. Um, yeah. Uh, and rightly so, because I was watching it and I'm just like, there's none, none of this makes sense. Because um, <laughs> I seriously think, like, he is, Billy is the dumbest character I've seen in Doctor Who in a long time. <laughs> like, just the dumbest character. Like, there, that should not have worked at all. It would have been um, awesome if he would have just died. <laughs> that would have been so funny. <laughs> I, I know that's awful, but that would have been so funny. <laughs> Or like Delta just slowly <laughs> No, because he's stealing her he's stealing the Chimera and jelly. Like Delta just like kills him, cuts open a vein, and then has the baby drink. I know that's really dark, but it <laughs> makes sense. The science works out. The so science checks out. The science checks out. Oh man, this was way more fun than that little children in need special that happened this week. Oh man. Well, that was that was interesting. That was, that was basically that was like them saying there's going to be a Doctor Who short. Only it's not. It's just going to be an advertisement. <laughs> Followed by an advertisement introducing another advertisement. That's basically like, what it was. It got total meta. Like it was just like advertising and on advertising. It was yep. pretty great. Um So that's about the level of discussion we're gonna do for that. Um so <laughs> there you go, Delta and the Bannerman. Um 
Recommended. Yeah. Totally. Totally recommended. It, because, holy crap, it's insane. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, before uh, we move on, I want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, T-shirts, anything that you can get from your local comic book shop, you can get from DCBService.com. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials that could be up to 75% off and uh, regular discounts of 40% off. You ship as often as you like uh, within a month, basically, um, in most cases, except for one that we that I sent – I sent Matt a text about uh, <laughs> with bl- orders as large or small as you like. Trust oh, me. Yes. And you only pay six twenty five in flat rate shipping. Uh, thanks to DCBService.com. Yeah, we said uh, like uh, D- DCB service sent out an order that was like almost two grand of comics <laughs> and they only paid six twenty five in flat rate shipping. Uh, it was three boxes. So, three really large boxes. <laughs> uh, I couldn't. I couldn't handle it when you showed me that. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell? Uh, that okay. lady was cheating the system too. <laughs> Man, we won't give away her trade secrets. No, we won't because they're illegal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah. Uh, so anyway, next week. The Long Game. Eccleston. Eccleston. Simon Pegg. Yeah. Ninth Good Doctor. <clears throat> Woo-hoo. And then for December, we're doing The Aztecs, which everyone will be happy to know is on Netflix Instant. Uh, so we're going back to The Wild with More Hartnell. Kinda. More Peter Davison. God, uh, yes. Uh, John Pertwee's The Time Warrior, which is the introduction of the Centaurans. And then after that, I think... Is the Christmas assuming special. Assuming it happens. Uh-huh. The Christmas special. The Christmas special, which is called The Doctor, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, no, The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Oh, sorry. I'm there is no gonna, witch. I'm not going to get that right ever. Um, <laughs> so The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, uh, which if it's half as good as uh, Christmas Carol, I won't mind. Um, yeah. At all. I just, so. I, just want, like, a, I just want a fun episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. I just want a good, like fun christmas adventure that's yeah, all i want i just yeah just a single serving episode like that's that's what i want yep yep doesn't so, need to be anything else looks like it's actually happening yeah. um yay yeah yay. yeah yay. yeah <sighs> so uh and then what's the what's the last story of the year uh it'll be the christmas special cuz christmas is on a sunday this year okay so then what's so, the first of january then what's our new year's episode oh i don't know if people want to know that i mean it's only city of death is it is oh yeah oh gosh is that still on instant i think so awesome which i mean if anyone hasn't seen city of death it's not that it's like the best story of all time in my opinion but it is so good, you can't even argue it. It's, like, ridiculous how good that story is. Well, so. and, it, and it's it's known as, like, for a lot of people, it's in their top ten of all time. Yeah. I mean, if if I had to say this is the Douglas Adams episode, this is the Douglas Adams episode. Um, more than any other story I've ever seen. It is – it's pretty incredible if you haven't seen it. So join us for that because – 
I mean, how could you not? It's City of Death. Tell your friends. Just Sweet tell your deal. friends. Sweet deal. Just tell them. Just yeah. Just let them know. <laughs> I mean, and then and it's also it's got Julian Glover, and I don't know if you know who Julian Glover is, but man, he is excellent, and he plays a Bond villain, a straight up suit wearing Bond villain. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited so to get to awesome. that. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, next week is the long game. Also an instant. Yes. FYI. (laughs) I always forget about the modern stories being on instant. Yeah. All of those are on instant. Yeah. So anytime we do that, you can join us for sure. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. Though you've probably already seen them, but watch them again. (laughs) Like us. Uh, Matt, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet, twitter.com slash gungadin. You can also find me at my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where I live tweet things. Uh, maybe I'll be live tweeting some cool things coming up. I mean, I'm watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles tonight, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we're also tweeting, uh, we also tweet every week, uh, Sunday Trek, which is where we go through systematically classic Star Trek with Shatner and Awesome. And, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a good time. Uh, so we're, look for that. Those are on, those usually go up Sunday in the evening. Uh, we're going to do a double soon. As soon as we get one where we're just like, oh, damn, let's do a double bill. We're going to do a double bill So because we've been lax on it lately. Um, and why not? Because it's so much fun for the first hour. The second hour will only be crazier. Um, you can also find me at my uh, Doctor Who blog, which is classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I blog classic who um this past week uh cassandra did the dominators and i'm still sorry this week um actually it's my hundredth blog not my hundredth story so i'm going to davison and we're doing four to doomsday which is excellent i mean i love four to doomsday we talked about it a couple months ago on this show and then the week after that we're going to be doing my hundredth story which i've been saving something special for and if you want to know what it is it's on the website in the right hand column where i show you what's coming up soon and if you look at that column a lot of good coming up soon. So check it out. Check out my blogs. Cool, fun times. Woo. Scott. Uh, Twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Twitter.com slash Scott Commentary. All the things that Matt said <laughs> are things that I do too. Um, and then, you know, Movie Night at Geek Show. Geekshowentertainment.com. My webcomic, geekbynight.net. Uh, go there for when that launches next year. And even though the site says fall, we had trouble finding a colorist. Um, <laughs> well, hey, it's the truth. That's what happened. And the internet apparently allows people to disappear sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they do that um, a lot. So, yeah, geekbynight.net. Keep your eyes peeled for that to premiere soon. Uh, of course, I'll let you know on the site when it does. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. So... Guys, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.